It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You guys probably didn't know if I was going to come on or not. <laughs> Looking for the adapter for these headphones. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This program is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, the company I work for. My name is Cassie Weenus. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And I want to give a big thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in this beautiful, muggy Saturday morning. We do appreciate your loyalty. And also, as always, I need to give a big good morning to my two biggest fans who actually are listening down at Grandma's Lake Cabin this morning. So good morning to my five-and-a-half-year-old Riley and good morning to my three-and-a-half-year-old Marissa. Today's topic is one that my five- and my three-year-old are well-versed in. And it's a topic that I know many, many people are going to find useful. This morning, we're going to be talking about shopping and eating gluten-free for irritable bowel syndrome and acid reflux. Now, for many of the regular listeners, I know you already know my story, um, but I'll just recap a bit that the first reason why my family went gluten-free is because after almost four years of having my son suffer with unresolved acid reflux, we finally discovered that it was the gluten. Now, on the other hand, for Mary Hauge, who's in studio with me today, the gluten was causing irritable bowel syndrome. And Mary Hauge is one of my favorite nutrition educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. <laughs> You're biased. And, <laughs> you know, I say that all the time, and I don't know that I've actually heard you teach a whole class. <laughs> but I hear bits and pieces. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. Great to be here again. Now, Mary, last month you had popped into my office to say hi one night, and for some reason we got to talking about your years and years of mm -hmm. stomach aches and how many times you ended up in a gastroenterologist's office and every time you left with no solutions. Do you want to give the short version of that story for the listeners? Sure. Um, in a nutshell, um, what I can remember is I was in my 20s and I, I started vomiting breakfast every morning which wasn't a pleasant thing. Um, and my breakfast back then was Special K with skim milk, um, a glass of grape juice, and a piece of toast. Typical mm -hmm. American fare. Uh, honestly. And mm -hmm. and I remember my husband, who I was dating at the time, said, how can you eat the same thing every day? And I said, doesn't bother me at all. That's where I was throwing <laughs> up. So after a bout of this that went on for a while, I decided to go into the doctor. And um, the doctor said to me, are you bulimic? And I said, well, not intentionally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, never really crossed my mind that I was trying to do this. Anyways, so um, they went on and decided to do some testing on me. And after the whole upper GI, lower GI, they were looking for ulcers and didn't find anything. And basically um, said, well, you must have acid reflux. <laughs> and... I know we hear that a lot with students that come into my classes yeah. and everything. And so they put me on Zantac, um, which I think back then was like one of the, the few. one that they had. Yeah, yeah, one of the few. 
So I was on Zantac for a while and nothing resolved itself. And um, so then they tried a medication to actually slow my digestive tract to hopefully help me digest better. And what that ended up doing was stopping my esophagus from working. And so even swallowing water became very painful. And I said to the doctor, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I haven't eaten in over a week. And even to swallow water feels like I'm swallowing a rock Mm -hmm. and it's that painful. And he said, well, I guess that medication worked a little too well. (sighs) And so after that, I just decided, you know, I don't feel like they're really getting to this. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel like they're getting to my problem. So I'm not going to take any more medication. But instead, what I did for the next 20 some years is put up with horrible stabbing intestinal pain. Um, way too many bowel movements in a day, probably 10, um, chronic fatigue, um, aches and pains, um, and just a horrible stomach ache every time I ate. And, and I remember thinking, well, if they can't find the problem, then everybody must feel this way when they eat. And on top of that, I had, um, a lot of gas, a lot of bloating. And my husband said, well, maybe you're just nervous. And I said, what do I got to be nervous about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was at the time probably 23 and no children and, you know, single. Not, and, yeah. I mean, you know, stuff like that. So I went on for many years basically downing Maalox and Tums. And so mm-hmm. in my desk drawer at work, I would have a bottle of Maalox and I did not measure. I just started chugging out of the bottle. And, and in times yeah. when I was really in distress, I would actually be on the floor with my Maalox and my Tums, and I would just eat those and drink the Maalox and water, and it would probably take a good 20 minutes before I'd feel better. And sometimes my husband would say to me, do you need to go to the hospital? And I'd say, I don't think so. I just feel like I'm having a gastrointestinal attack, which I was. Yeah, you were. In effect. um, And so finally, flash forward about 25 years, I decide to start taking nutritional weight and wellness classes and meeting with DAR um, and discovered through reading and and some questioning that I was probably gluten intolerant, which mm-hmm. scared me to death because I thought if I can't have peanut butter toast in the morning, yeah. I'm not going to live, mm-hmm. frankly. <laughs> and so went gluten-free. I remember um, just declaring Thanksgiving four years ago as my last supper. <laughs> and literally gorged myself on at the dinner rolls and the pie and everything <laughs> and that stuffing. had gluten in it that I love, which seems so unfair because I grew up knowing what all this stuff tasted like. Yeah. So, um, but decided that was my last supper. And on the way home from Colorado, because we were in Colorado that year for Thanksgiving, I said, okay, that's it. There's no more gluten in my life. And so the next time we ate, I really had to do some thinking. But within yeah. 24 hours, First of all, my husband said, you don't have any more gas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. I noticed that myself. Yeah. right? <laughs> and I said, I don't have a stomachache. Oh, I just gosh. ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In 24 hours. And I don't hours. have a stomachache. And then I noticed the energy level just went through the roof. And no longer did I need to sleep for 12 hours. Oh, my gosh. Which was fabulous. And then you cried. And then I cried. I remember that yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I mean, because like you had told me when I very first heard your story, I didn't want it to be the gluten. No. 
And it is, you know, a very personal, food is a very personal thing. Well, I'm betting a lot of listeners are are saying, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many people with these chronic yeah. stomach aches and not getting any resolve from the doctors. And, and you might want to get out a pen and some paper if you're listening, because I think you're going to get a lot of great information. Mary and I are going to not only answer your questions about IBS and acid reflux, we're also going to walk you through the grocery store aisles and help you choose not just gluten-free, but help you choose healthy, wholesome gluten-free items. And you might not know we have another person in studio with us today. Who better than to help Mary and I help all of you <laughs> navigate the grocery store yes. than our infamous deli detective? And she wanted me to call her that today. <laughs> <laughs> so Tamara Brown is in studio with us today. Tamara is a registered and licensed dietitian. She sees clients out of our St. Paul and North Oaks offices. She teaches classes for nutritional weight and wellness, and she does grocery store tours to help you navigate those never-ending aisles of food products and make sense of those food labels. So, busy lady, welcome, Tamara. Thanks, Cassie. Yes, so many food products and labels. But yes, I'm glad to be in the studio today with you because remember in June when we were on the radio together talking about irritable irritable bowel and acid reflux, we sort of left half of the story untold. We did leave half of the story untold. That hour went by really fast. Yes. So how about today? Um, How would you two feel if what we do this morning is we... Ask questions. So maybe I can ask each of you some questions regarding IBS symptoms and gluten. Yay. Sound good? Yes, because, yeah, we can get some of the You guys have a lot of firsthand experience. (laughs) Yeah, you're sitting over there thinking, oh, my Lord, I'm so happy to be me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, so Cassie, let's go ahead and start with you. Um, Because when we were on the radio together in June, we left off talking about the potential bad side effects of antacids. And I have a specific question for you in regards to this. But first, let's just do a really quick recap for the listeners. So basically, your son had unresolved acid reflux, and the doctor wanted to keep dosing his antacid prescription higher and higher to mask the symptoms. But why weren't you on board with this? Well, I know you know the answer, but I'll, <laughs> I'll tell the, the audience. The, the doctor wanted to mask the symptoms. I think that answers your question right there. I wanted to find out what was causing the reflux, and I wanted to fix that problem instead of just cover up the symptoms. And, you know, as the years went on and Riley was still on Prevacid, and long story short, we, we figured out the gluten piece at one point and took him off of gluten and things got much, much better. Mm-hmm. And we were able to really lower that Prevacid dose, but never able to come off of it completely. So I'm continuing to do research and trying to figure out what else could be contributing here. Not even thinking at the time that maybe there were other food allergies. And of course, in my research, I'm, I was always picking out the information on this class of drugs that Prevacid fell into and, and reading up and just hearing about potential awful side effects. And what are some of those side side effects? Well, when we're talking about antacids, like the Prevacid that Riley was on, Prilosec is in that class of drugs, and there are a few others in this category of proton pump inhibitors. If you use these types of antacids long-term, they can cause osteoporosis. They can cause an iron deficiency. Um, I had a gal in my office last week who needs to get injections of iron, 
on a regular basis. Mm. Well, as I talked to her further, she's been on antacids for 33 years. Oh, oh wow. So, case in point, um, these drugs like Prevacid and Prilosec, they can cause restless leg syndrome. They can cause a B12 deficiency. And when you think about that, that's scary. A B12 deficiency can lead to nerve problems and brain function problems. And it doesn't stop there. These class of antacids can cause bacterial infections, some of which can be life-threatening. They can cause food allergies, and they can cause something called eosinophilic esophagitis that we'll be talking in in a little bit. We'll be talking a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a lot of possible side effects with just uh, often described benign drug. Mm-hmm. So if any of you listeners have been on antacids for more than a few weeks, I really encourage you to go to our website and download the June 4th radio show. We talk a lot about the downside of antacids on that program. So if you're interested, just go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and click on radio show podcasts. But we ran out of time on that show before we talked a lot about the food allergy piece. And that is what we are going to get into in today's show. But before we jump into that, it's already time for our first break. And I do hope you listeners stay with us because when we return, Cassie has a very interesting article she wants to share. The article was printed this month in the New York Times, and it quotes research that tells us which foods we should be eating less often, and even more importantly, which foods we should be eating more often if we need to lose weight. So if you want to join our conversation today, call us here at the studio, 651-641-1071. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Excuse me. This program is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you're just joining us, my name is Cassie Wienus. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And in studio with me today are Tamara Brown, registered and licensed dietitian, and Mary Hauge, nutrition educator. And we're talking today about acid reflux, IBS, and how to shop gluten-free. Now, when we went to break, Tamara mentioned that I had an interesting article from the New York Times, and so I have it here in front of me. This article was published just, what, a week or so ago, July 18th. It's written by Jane Brody. A lot of listeners likely know that name. Jane Brody has degrees in both biochemistry and science writing, and she's the longstanding health columnist for the New York Times. This article is titled, Still Counting Calories? Your Weight Loss Plan May Be Outdated. 
Sounds like what we yeah, say. Right. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because it just reiterates everything that um, Dar has been teaching and, and that we've you know been teaching because she taught us. But I want to explain it a bit to the listeners. This research was done at Harvard University. It was five different nutrition and public health experts that led the study. Um, and Jane Brody, as she describes it in this article, she says it's by far the most detailed long-term analysis of the factors that influence weight gain, and it involved over 120,000 participants. So big study, Harvard University, they, they should be hitting it right on. And just to pick out a few highlights, it's four pages long, so I'm not going to go into a ton of detail here, but it was a four-year period that they looked at, and their bottom line here is that what you choose to eat makes a difference just counting calories isn't the magic bullet. Mm-hmm. That what types of foods you're putting in your mouth do make a difference in metabolism. So surprise, surprise, the foods that contributed to the greatest weight gain in this study were French fries, <laughs> potato <a> chips. <laughs> so French fries, we're getting all the white foods. French fries, potato chips, sugar-sweetened drinks, sweets and desserts. Another shock. <laughs> refined <laughs> grains. And 100% fruit juice. And isn't mm-hmm. it funny? Dar's been teaching this stuff ah. for 30 years, and now the rest of the world is finally God love her. catching up. I mean, this is exactly what we teach in our yeah. classes, I, isn't it? I have always said, it seems like finally, in the last couple of years, in other realms too, the science is catching up with oh. Dar. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of my client down in Georgia that said to me one time, on our, and if you could hear it in a southern accent, it's even funnier, but... um. She said, I have a picture of Jesus on the wall, and I have a picture of Dar right next to it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like she worships Dar. Um, but also, okay, so the study goes on to say, again, another big surprise, but I think it's it's good information to hear. The foods that resulted in weight loss were fruits and vegetables and whole grains. And this is interesting, too, and again, something that we teach, but now we have it from Harvard University when they looked at some of the different carbohydrates, there was a big difference in how it affected metabolism. The refined carbohydrates, mm-hmm. so the white breads, the white rice, you know, cold cereal in the morning, that slowed down metabolism versus the whole grains didn't speed up metabolism, but at mm-hmm. least it kept it stable. So mm-hmm. if you're eating brown rice or quinoa or wild rice, you're not doing detriment. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. So... Well, that is so interesting. So, uh, like we already mentioned, we have been teaching a similar message for years. Right. That's okay. So, if anyone listening today is interested in learning more about Mm -hmm. this weight loss message and what kind of foods speed up our metabolism versus those that may slow it down, consider taking our two hour Jumpstart Your Metabolism class. In this class, we offer a healthy and sane approach to lifelong weight control. Um, The next class is coming up Wednesday, August 3rd. Jumpstart Your Metabolism is being taught in our Wyzetta office from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And on August 15th in Lakeville and North Oaks, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. As well as Tuesday, August 16th in our St. Paul office. Check out our website, weightandwellness.com, or call our office, 651-699-3438 if you're interested in signing up. And on that note, um, just as a a little interruption here, I have been in touch with my first weight and wellness, uh, weight loss, nutrition for weight loss students. 
Um, and How did you do that? We exchanged emails, and so That's we great. talk over email, and we share recipes, and they ask for tips. Oh, and cool. Julie Rose, who I said I'd say hi to today. Hi, Julie. Mm-hmm. Hi, Julie. <laughs> um, she has kept off 25 pounds. Oh, wow. my gosh. Since our group met, and she's a farmer and has a hectic, busy life. And um, so I said, I'll give a shout out to you if you listen. Kudos to she you. Says, I listen every every Saturday. So it does work. Yeah. It is a new way of thinking about food. But, oh, my gosh, the results that people have gotten is tremendous. Absolutely. Uh, fun, fun. Yeah. Okay. So the other piece, let's see. We were talking about, oh, the food allergy. Like, yes. So let me explain that a little bit because I think it's really enlightening to know how these antacids can cause food allergies, and maybe I can push somebody, you know, over the fence here to give up their antacids. So to understand this, you got to remember how antacids work. If we're talking about the Prevacids, the Prilosex of the world, they actually stop the acid pumps in your stomach. So they stop acid production in your stomach. So think about that. Now you don't have acid to begin the breakdown of your food. So now the food that has not been digested in your stomach because you have no acid moves from your stomach to your intestinal tract. And it's very hard on your intestine because your intestine was never meant to accept these huge particles of undigested food. I Forgive me if you're not a very simplistic visual learner like me, but <laughs> I am. And I visualize these big dump trucks just dumping huge boulders into your intestinal tract mm-hmm. when it wasn't meant to handle that stuff. And so over time, these huge boulders or particles of food dumping into your intestines wears away on the lining. And over time, you can develop little holes or what we would call leaky gut. And I remember when they put me on Zantac um, back then, they said I could be on this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. There was no, this is only good for two weeks or whatever. And, And that's exactly what it would feel like to me, like I swallowed a stone. I mean, it just hurt all the time and I was never warned about any of that Mm -hmm. isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. I mean it it reminds me of when the GI doc said to me our goal here is to get rid of Riley's symptoms yeah you know that that's that is how they think but if if you have leaky gut now when you're eating and I, I really think this is what happened to Riley and why he has so many food allergies today because he took that antacid for four years so I'm visualizing okay it gave him leaky gut we went gluten-free, and then we started eating a lot of corn. So we'd have corn shell tacos. Sometimes we'd do taco salad with organic corn chips on top. Well, now visualize little particles of corn getting into the bloodstream because you have leaky gut. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The, the body says, what the heck is that? Corn in my blood? I don't know what that is. I'll attack it. And now you have antibodies to corn, and, and thus Riley has a corn allergy and many others. But that's the link between antacids and food allergies. Yeah. So... I mean, I think it's really scary when you think about the fact that, like, Prilosec, or the generic form, um, Amaprazole, did I pronounce that right? Amaprazole, thank you. (laughs) I knew that was going to happen. We've bought it. We've lived it. Don't worry. I never knew how to pronounce it until I... I just knew that was going to happen. Um, We're here for you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So, you know, when it's so accessible for people to purchase over-the-counter, and they can give themselves whatever dose they want, and then take them for years and years on end with no medical supervision and really no warnings about how dangerous mm. these can be. Right. And yep. and another symptom is osteoporosis yeah. because yeah. these products will leach the chemicals 
and nutrients out of your bones. And we know osteoporosis in elderly people especially can be life-threatening because once they fall and break a hip, they don't recover for most cases. And it's not just us saying this. I have a client that's a nurse, and she came in. The doctor had prescribed, I don't know, Prilosec or Prevacid, and she said... She came in to me and said, I want you to help me get off of this because I don't want osteoporosis. I've read mm-hmm. the research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's scary. It's, it's just, really, really scary. Yeah. What you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, Mary. Well, back to our questions. Here's a question for you. All right. Since you're the IBS expert <laughs> of the group. <laughs> what you've always <laughs> dreamed of being. <laughs> What's the definition of IBS for our listeners today? So... What they have found is that most doctors use the term IBS um, or irritable bowel syndrome to describe pain or discomfort in the intestinal tract, um, small and or large intestine, which I guess at one point they sort of threw around that term with me, um, Mm -hmm. but they didn't really tell me what it was, so I wasn't sure if I had it or not. So, (laughs) you know. Well, and I know you mentioned something about having lots of stomach aches and severe cramping. Are those similar kinds of symptoms that can be classified as IBS? Yeah, and really, um, the symptoms may also include bloating, gas, mucus in your stool. Um, oftentimes, people with IBS have constipation, diarrhea, or both. Mm-hmm. So, and my intestinal pain was right under the rib cage, and it was a very stabbing, um, horrific pain for a lot of years. Ah, so. Wow. So it can really be wide-ranging all across the board. Well, and like tomorrow, you and I were kind of saying in the break room, just based on the clients that we get, it seems like when the doctor has no clue, right. just to put the, the patient at ease, they'll say, oh, well, you must have IBS. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what can we do for that? Well, nothing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or acid yep. reflux. Or acid, yeah, I, that was interesting that they told you acid reflux. Acid reflux to me, over acid nervous stomach. And I'm thinking, huh? You know, I don't think I'm I don't nervous. get that. I mean, I don't feel like that's my issue, but yeah. okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Masking the problems and not hitting the root cause. Yeah. Right. Which is what we're here for. Right. So, all right, ladies, it's time to go for another break. But a couple questions to ponder before we go for the listeners. Any of you, are you suffering from heartburn, gas, bloating, constipation, or diarrhea? Have you already given up the gluten, but you're still not feeling your best? Well, stay with us because when we get back from break, Cassie and Mary will share the secrets behind healing your gut so you can feel your best. And if you have any questions related to today's topic today, call us at the studio, 651-641-1071. Stay tuned. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Mary Haugie. If you're just tuning in this morning, um, we welcome you to our show. Here with me today are Cassie and Tamara. We all work for Nutritional Weight and Wellness, uh, a company specializing in healing your digestive health. And before we went to break, Tamara mentioned that if you've had acid reflux or IBS and you've given up the gluten, and maybe it's helped but you're not feeling 100%, then it's time to focus on healing your gut. Right. You know, many people can go for years, as you did, Mary. Yeah. You know, and and Riley had four years of it before you figure out the food allergy piece. And every day that you were eating the gluten or the dairy or whatever it was for for you, every day your body was negatively reacting to that food, you were damaging your intestines or your gut in the process. Yeah. And, you know, without a healthy intestinal tract, you can't break down your food properly. You're not absorbing all your nutrients from your food, 
and so likely you won't be feeling your best. Um, so what I really do to help my family and, and me, because it's not only me that suffers with some of these things, but it's my That's daughter right. and my son and I think my husband could use some too. <laughs> if you're listening, honey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we take a probiotic called bifidobacteria and that really helps um, restore the good bacteria to our intestine um, and build up our immune system and help us digest our food and helps with cravings and all kinds of other things as well. So that's been a godsend for our family. Do you do glutamine? Did you ever do glutamine? I did at the beginning yep. um, because I just felt like my intestine was barren of anything good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that picture we show in class of the one that just looks deplete in like a desert yeah, ground that that's you. cracked, that had to be me. Oh, and I yeah. just kept picturing, I want that pink carpet. I want that, that nice, lush healthy rainforest. Yes. Right? I want that beautiful with all those little squiggly villi to absorb my food. And, yep. and now I feel like I'm at that point, but it's also been seven years of eating well and four years with no gluten. Yeah. So, it's a process. And a long mm -hmm. road. Yeah. And Bifido, I'm with you. Bifido has to be a piece of that healing. When you... Think about your intestinal tract. I think this is amazing, and I know you gals teach it in class. There's three and a half pounds of bacteria that you're carrying around, good bacteria. Mm -hmm. And of that, 70% should be the type that's called bifido, like you mentioned, Mary, that you take the bifido. And that's what our family takes as well. Um, tried to get Scott to take it. He took it for a while. But at least the kids and I take bifido. And what I've been doing for them, because glutamine is so important, but it's it's hard when you have kids that can't swallow pills. I've been buying a product we have called Mind Links. Oh. Um, I won't go into a lot of detail. I think someday on the show we should really focus on that product because it was originally developed for kids with ADHD. Mm. And it's got some interesting research behind its development, but it has some glutamine along with the bifido in there. And I just feel like Riley especially, because he's got so many food sensitivities, he's... He seems to be doing better when he's on that. It's a little more expensive, so I don't buy it every time. But bifido and glutamine for healing. And then what I do for my kids as well is cod liver oil for a lot of different reasons. But in the beginning, a big reason was that those omega-3s can help decrease inflammation. And, of mm -hmm. course, there's inflammation in the gut if you've been bombarding it with things that it can't digest. So we had mentioned a, a, a long word that... If it wasn't so long, would be a good Scrabble word, but I don't think we have enough <laughs> tiles for it. But eosinophilic esophagitis. And I just want to touch a little bit on that before we get into any other content here today. Eosinophilic esophagitis is when your esophagus becomes inflamed. So imagine that tube from your mouth to your stomach, that's your esophagus, and it gets inflamed or swollen. And so if, if that happens, you have a hard time swallowing food. And food can actually get stuck in your esophagus to the point of being life-threatening. Sometimes there's some vomiting and nausea with the condition as well. And, you know, it was probably four or five months ago that I was saying to Dar, I had never even heard of this condition a few years ago, this condition called eosinophilic esophagitis. And now I can probably name five people I know that have it. And I was saying to Dar, isn't this interesting? I wonder why this is. Well, in doing some recent research on antacids, I think I might have found the answer. And I have some research in front of me from the American Journal of Gastroenterology. It was published in 2009. And this study um, brings the authors to propose a theory 
that the chronic use of antacids like Prilosec and Prevacid might play a role in the development of eosinophilic esophagitis. And isn't it interesting that the use of these proton pump inhibitors and the incidence of eosinophilic esophagitis have risen in similar fashion over mm-hmm. similar time periods. Mm-hmm. So the more often we see this class of drugs coming out, the more we are seeing this mm-hmm. disease as well. Which mm-hmm. And a lot of people are on these antacids. It just drives me batty. Oh, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. I might be off, but I, I think for the June 4th radio show tomorrow, I had mm-hmm. read that it's the number three most prescribed class of drugs. Mm-hmm. It's like a blockbuster drug because it's making enough mi- class of drug. Well, and now, I, I mean, you can go to Costco and they sell well, the gigantic boxes of Prevacid and then it's just a free-for-all. Yep. I mean, exactly. You know, exactly. you're just on your own. It yeah. is really scary. It is. Um, well, you know, the other interesting thing that um, I think we've seen a big rise or increase of is, of course, sensitivity to gluten. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think the other thing is that gluten can also be inflammatory for some people. And, you know, one thing that I think about is can that connect to just inflammation in the body, in Mm -hmm. the esophagus or anything else, Mm -hmm. the foods that we're eating along with the drugs? Right, right. Lethal combination. So I'm thinking, why don't we just switch directions a little bit? And let's jump into more information about gluten. And what does it mean to eat gluten food? Gluten free, I'm sorry. Okay. So um, as Cassie mentioned, I, I do grocery store tours. So let's just kind of bring ourselves to the grocery store. Let just for all you listeners, visualize that you're going through your grocery store. Because you go to any grocery store, right? When exactly. you do these tours? Exactly. So Cub, Rainbow, Kowalski's, Lake Winds, wherever you shop, I can I can meet you anywhere. Mm-hmm. So thinking about where you shop, and always keep in mind that you don't have to shop at a special store when going gluten-free. Right. You just mainly have to remember to shop the perimeter of the store. Yeah, exactly. And I learned this very quickly that the more I stick to the basics, the um, good animal protein, the good carbohydrates and vegetable form and fruit and um, the good fat, and the more I stay away from processed food, um, the much better I feel. Yep. And, you know, in the summertime here in Minnesota, it's to me, it's really easy to eat gluten-free because it's grilling season. And yeah. think yeah. about when you grill. Even if you're not yet eating gluten-free, maybe you're considering it, but you're not yet there. Think about when you grill out. You have meat on the grill. Maybe you have some sort of potato, and you have a side salad. As long as you leave the croutons off that side salad, that's a delicious gluten-free meal right there. Yep. So easy and so delicious. So, Cassie, what's one of your family's favorite summertime meals using the grill? Mm. Well, now my favorite's going to be different from the kids'. I would prefer a good sirloin steak. (laughs) I like to see a little bit of pink in the middle. So, actually, a lot of pink in the middle. Medium rare is how I like my steaks on the grill. You know, maybe a side of roasted baby red potatoes. That's one of my favorite things with some garlic, salt, pepper, rosemary, and maybe some roasted asparagus or green beans, some type of a light vegetable go to go with that. The kids, on the other hand, would much prefer hamburgers, and I'm not opposed to a hamburger either. So for my kids, a hamburger, no bun, of course, and we honestly don't miss the bun. 
hamburger, mashed potatoes, and steamed green beans with lots of butter. And usually yeah. Marissa has to take a scoopful of butter from the dish <laughs> as well and just eat it that way. And it's okay. It's organic. Absolutely. Well, that sounds really delicious and so easy. Mm-hmm. So how about you, Mary? What's a family favorite gluten-free recipe or menu item that comes to your mind? Well, it's funny because when I started with Weight and Wellness, my kids were 8, 10, and 12. Mm-hmm. And they've grown along with their appetite yeah. and their taste for food. And so now they are 14, 16, and 19. Amazing. Time goes um, fast. But one of our favorite summertime meals, which we really just discovered this summer, was the steak salad. And I think it's mm-hmm. on our website. Yes, it is. But it's called Steak Gargonzola Simplicity. And it's basically um, grilled steak with a whole bed of greens. And I like those spring greens that come in the box already mm-hmm. made. It has the um, gargonzola cheese. It has cherry tomatoes. Um, and then you slice a pear on top. So you actually get oh. the meat, the veggies, and the fruit. And mm-hmm. then they have a salad dressing that you make from scratch. And oh, that's your good fat. Yeah, It is to die for. And even my son, who is... Uh, tried and true ranch boy. Yeah. He loves the salad dressing. So it's a great summertime. Numb. I meal. forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. I have not tried that one yet. I've done oh something similar, but not that one. So, yeah, if anybody's listening and wants yeah. to try that recipe, we're addicted. Oh, numb. <laughs> and now I have an idea. I have to write up menus tonight for this next week because I'm going right. to do my grocery shopping. I'm going to put that on there. Yeah. So go on. to weightandwellness.com yeah. and click on recipes. It's What was it called again? It's steak? called Steak Gargonzola Simplicity. Simplicity. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks Mommy. for sharing. Yep. So, can you believe? It's already time for our last break. The hour flies by. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And grab a pen and paper because when we return, I've developed a new delicious gluten-free salad recipe perfect for summer that I'll be sharing. You're not going to want to miss this. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before break, I mentioned that we have a brand new gluten-free recipe that I've developed for all of our gluten-free clients and listeners. So um, we have it on our website under the recipe section, and it's called Chicken Quinoa Salad. It's a cold salad with chicken, quinoa, garbanzo beans, cucumber, red peppers, spinach, and a light olive oil lemon dressing. So it's Mm. absolutely perfect for this warm weather. So check it out, weightandwellness.com chicken quinoa salad now i did ask her to bring some so we could eat it on air and be mm, oh that tastes so good well, i can really just wanted it. breakfast i can but vouch for it it does it was, taste it was delicious. very short notice when i emailed you i'm gonna try it it sounds wonderful you know and if you want more wonderful gluten-free recipes certainly check this one out on our website But especially in the beginning of our diagnosis of having to go gluten-free, I turned to the Dishing Up Nutrition Guide. Me too. That's the cookbook that Dar put together. You get it free when you sign up for the Weight and Wellness series. Little side note, we have been known to sell it separate if you really want it and don't want to do the series. But you get it when you do the six-week Weight and Wellness series, which is a life-changing, awesome series of classes. And I need to tell everybody, because this doesn't happen very often, we're going to do the Weight and Wellness series in one weekend, three days, coming up here in August. We get asked to do this every once in a great while, and, and sometimes Dar gives in. It's a lot of information, but sometimes people can't commit to six weeks. 
So August 19th, 20th, and the 21st, we're going to scrunch the six-week weight and wellness series into three wonderful days. We're going to have at least three different teachers. Uh I know Mary Hauge is one of them, so I know you're going to be in for for some great teachers. So it'll start Friday night at 6 p.m. You'll go from 6 to 8 p.m., then 9 to 5 on Saturday, and then ending Sunday 9 to 1.30. We already have five people flying in from the Chicago area. If you're a nurse out there listening, you get over 14 continuing education credits for taking this weekend series and registered dietitians can get credits as well. So if you're interested, you can find out more information on our website or you can call the office at 651-699-3438. Okay, well, it looks like we have a caller. Let's go ahead and take a question this morning. Thank you for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. Nancy, do you have a question today? Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I'm calling about my grandson. He is just under three months old and has apparently reflux. He's been on several different formulas, and um, I guess it's really the best guess that he has the reflux. He's, he's on two medications for that, and it's just really hard for me to see someone this tiny on these medications, but mm-hmm. he's just really been having a rough time. Mm-hmm. Which do you know? Which formula he's on? He's on the. I think it's a Similac, the most sensitive one. Um, you know, we, this is our fourth formula. His mother was unable to nurse, mm-hmm. so um, he's been on everything from soy. Uh, it's just been trial and error, and the pattern is he drinks about an ounce, and um, I'm looking at the formula now. It's Nutramigen. Nutramigen, yeah. Nutramigen, that's correct. For colic, it says Mm -hmm. due to protein sensitivity. Um, But anyway, he drinks about an ounce and then just starts screaming. Mm -hmm. And And is it projectile vomiting or? You know, no, no. Very, very little spitting up. Mm-hmm. But it's just He's uncomfortable. All you know. seems to be related around eating, and they've done the upper GI, and everything is clear. Okay. Um, um, and he's on two different medications. Has that helped at all? You know, it seems like it has, but then you know, maybe time has just helped a little bit. But most mm-hmm. most feedings are horrible. Mm-hmm. And lots and lots of crying in, in between with gas. And um, there just doesn't seem to be a real pattern, a, a real rhyme or reason to it. And I just wondered if there was something that he could use. I just, the thoughts of being yeah. on these medications. Is just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would start with a good bacteria because that's, um, that's just often our first starting place when the babies have reflux. You're on the best formula that you can be on in terms of it's almost all the way digested. So you're doing the right thing there. But um, we sell a product, I think some of the chiropractors in town sell it as well, called Ultra Bifidus. So it's a it's a good bacteria. It's what I give my kids. And start with just a pinch. You can put it in his bottle, a pinch, okay. um, two times throughout the day, and then you can work up to an eighth of a teaspoon two different times throughout the day. But start with a pinch. And see what if that, is that doesn't called help. again. Ultra, ultra bifidus, B I F I D U S. 
Okay. And if, if you call the St. Paul office, they'll know, too. They can describe it more and, and give you pricing on that, too, if you want to look into it further. Okay, but this is a bacteria that will hopefully settle it, his... It helps with digestion, so it, it uh-huh. should help settle his stomach and help mm-hmm. him digest that formula. Okay, yes. just reading the label of the formula is discouraging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what alternatives do you have right Right. yeah if if the mother wasn't able to breastfeed i think you're doing your best there but look into that ultra bifidus start with that and that's going to be your next best step thank you for the call nancy thank Thank you you. okay oh i can just not believe how this hour flies um you know what what else do we want to mention we have a lot of material we wanted to talk about in walking through the grocery store, but I just want to reiterate what Tamara and um, Mary have already mentioned, that shopping the perimeter. Yes. Especially if you're just venturing into the gluten-free lifestyle, it just kind of takes some stress off of you if you Mm -hmm. think, okay, this doesn't have to be overwhelming. I'm going to shop the perimeter and get meats and vegetables and fruits Mm -hmm. and butter and cream. All of that stuff is gluten-free. Yep. And just think very basic. Mm-hmm. And there are so many products now, even in the natural section at Cub, right? that say gluten-free on the box. And if they say gluten-free, they have to be gluten-free. Exactly. So that's an easy way to start as well. Exactly. Cub has a wonderful natural section. I have a Coburn's out by me. I can get some things like we get some tortillas. We just had chicken tacos Wednesday night with a gluten-free tortilla. Mm-hmm. That I can get at Colburn's. I know it's also at the co-ops. Um, it's called La Tortilla Factory that makes that one. Um, I think we better wrap up. We're almost at the end here. So if you're one of the millions that have been handed the challenge of a special diet, just know a lot of us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness are in your shoes. A lot of us live with allergies. It's doable. And I think if we change our attitude, I had a client the other day that I told she needed to go gluten-free and I said you need to start a gluten-free way of living and she looked at me and she said this will be an adventure oh good and I think if we all think about it that way it's an adventure of trying new recipes it's an adventure of learning to cook in a new way that makes it sound fun instead of daunting and it brings to mind one of my mom's favorite sayings which is life might not be the party you hoped for but you may as well dance while you're here So to all of you listening, I hope today you dance, and I hope we've given you some great tips for eating gluten-free. If we didn't get to your call today, you can call me at the office. I'm going to be in all day today, Um, 651-699-3438. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Hi to all my students in Wayzata. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.